Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Life Chatter. I'm your host, Aaron Feliz. This podcast was made to help people understand that we can all learn something from one another if we just took the time to ask questions. Everyone knows something you do not. And to hopefully encourage people to have intentional conversations with friends, family, and strangers. What a pleasure it is to have this guest on my podcast. I'm thankful that this incredible young man had agreed to talk to me on this podcast. He has been a role model of mine since the day we met, which was the first day he was born. I look up to my brother Nigel in many ways and try to emulate how he carries himself. He constantly challenges me to be a better person. What is so special about this podcast episode is that this almost wouldn't have happened five years ago. Since then, our relationship has grown. Our friendship and our brotherhood has flourished because of the intentional conversations we had. Many of them around this topic, which that growth has allowed for us to do things like this and talk about these topics. There is so much frustration that comes from wanting to express a thought and someone just interrupting it. To feel that your words are irrelevant. This topic, shut up and listen, really pumped the brakes for me and helped me learn to empathize with my brother. Nigel continues to put me in check in a non-malice way. He simply wants me to do better because he knows I can do more than I'm already doing. He loves me and I love him. So here we go. Shut up and listen with my remarkable brother, Nigel. Welcome to another series of Life Chatter, the podcast that I'm doing. And we're doing a lot of live Instagram videos. And so this is Shut Up and Listen. And it's going to be my brother, Nigel. Excited for it. Here he is now, the man of the hour, bronze Jesus himself. Hello. Hello, hello. Actually, I wanted to ask more how your day went, man. Uh, it went pretty well. Just like I said, working at a home and garden was a lot of manual labor today. And it was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. I look forward to going to work. And I'm pretty sure it helps that you just have something different to do, right? Like you have the, the finance stuff, you have the RA stuff, and now you get to add something a little bit different. So it probably like breaks up what you get to do yep and this has nothing to do with what i want to do in life which is a funny thing do you think it's important real quick before we get started do you think it's important to do stuff like that nigel like do things that maybe you know you don't want to do later on uh i think so only because um this job well i think specifically for me or anybody who's really a business major like finance or accounting something having to do with money um working any job is important and essential because even though I'm working at like this home and garden, which has nothing to do with accounting or being like a financial advisor, right? It still teaches me how to price things in a business, how internal controls are running throughout a business. So like how they do invoices, how they run their inventory and everything like that. So it at least teaches me business aspects. Um, but like, let's say if you were an agriculture major, this would be perfect for you because it's having to do with all agriculture. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good for me to do it because even though it's nothing specific with my job, it still has like some value where I get to learn about business. Just in a different aspect. 
yeah. you're probably gonna learn a lot about botany, right? And just the study of plants. Yeah, I learned what perennials and annuals were today. There you go. Didn't so, even know the difference. And so there's that stuff that's gonna help you out later on. I mean, I can only imagine I, I don't even know that many people who actually know a lot about plants and they're always surrounding us and like what is again, what's poisonous, what isn't, what is okay to eat and digest and what isn't okay to digest. So there's a bunch of different stuff, but uh I'm glad that you're getting to do that, man. I know you said you wanted to do something else and something different. So I'm glad that it's taken through. Yeah. So how was your day? My day was good. Oh man. I I got up around eight. I was supposed to call Elias at eight o'clock and then I waited a little bit later. And then I stayed in a little bit and it was like eight thirty, eight forty five. And I got to talk to him for like a couple minutes very shortly. And then I went to go work out with my new roommate, Sean. Really awesome dude. I think he would really vibe well with him. And we went to go work out, had an awesome workout. And then afterwards went to go eat. Showed him a cool little sandwich spot called Frigo's up here. And then after that, went back and I got ready. I went to go to the driving range with a friend of mine. And so we went to the driving range. And that was just that was just an awesome time. And then afterwards, I went to uh a couple of friends again same thing socially distanced there's this cool little lake at this park called chicopee memorial state park got to go there and just got to literally be by the water and i didn't know this place existed so close to us and so getting to go there and swim for a little bit listen to music you know be around good company it was a good time and then i've been trying to spend more time you know in isolation or in solidarity with myself because that's something i definitely struggle with a lot in a way that I sh I want to be okay with being by myself, right? Not that I'm not, but I want to get better at it. And so that's what led me to start watching the Batman trilogy all over again and eating. And I just, I just loved it, man. <laughs> I, I loved it. And I'm really enjoying this. I'm honestly, I'm super, super excited for this conversation. Um, especially because the first one that we had, you know, the, the audio, obviously, right, because that was the first one, and it was like it's going in and out, and it was really tough to to work with and navigate. So I'm really ex excited to with this one, and hoping that the audio is better because I I really want to put you up on that podcast, and but just but more so, just get to learn more from you, Nigel. So as we're getting into it, right, usually I ask people how how we met, but clearly us being brothers, we came from the same womb, not at the same time, but came from the same place. So as we're kind of starting this conversation, I just want to get to remind people, right, who are going to watch this video, whether they watch it later when I post it to IGTV or when they listen to it on the podcast, why we're doing this. And so the reasons why we're doing this, right, are because everyone knows something you don't. And it's really up to you to figure out whatever it is that you want to learn. Like if you're receptive towards learning from someone else and that, these conversations should be intentional, especially, honestly, this one right here. And so with that being said, hopefully people get to start having these kinds of conversations with each other, with their families, with their friends, maybe with strangers. And I think what's so important, especially about this topic, right? And so now we're finally introducing it, the shut up and listen is so important because I think it, it applies to everyone. If you're working on any basis of communicating with another human being, this topic is so important. So it means that everyone should listen to it. So um, that being said, 
just for, again, just for people who are coming on here, right, later on or on the podcast, Nigel, just tell us a little bit about yourself and then why you decided we, to choose a topic for us to talk about, about shut up and listen. Um, okay. So as you guys can tell by my name, I'm related to Aaron. Um, I guess where my current state of life is right now is I'm a graduate student going through my uh, master's degree right now to try and get a master's in business administration with a specialization in accounting to hopefully one day, uh, I guess, become a forensic accountant or something with uh, taxation, whether it's like a international law probably. Um, but what it looks like right now is I'm currently studying to be a financial advisor for the greater city of Philadelphia. So I think that might wind up happening sooner than forensic accounting, but still, it's a, it's a good way to segment in to anything finance or accounting related. And maybe I might meet someone who guides me in the right direction. Um, and the reason why I guess we took, well, the reason why we got this topic was because there's a lot of times, at least in my personal life, and I know a lot of people have experienced this, where they don't feel like they're being heard right? Simply because of the fact that whenever you talk, some more times than not, people feel like whatever they have to say is more important than what you have to say. Um, and yes, even though there's people out there who get excited and can't consume, like, um, can't like hold down their excitement and they feel like they need to say something right away. Like, yeah, that's understandable. There's also other people out there that just like have a spurt of energy and they're just like, oh, I need to like interject. Or there's actually people out there that kind of do it maliciously with intent or without intent just kind of interject and get in the middle of the conversation as someone else is talking and not really hear what they have to say this normally happens in arguments um where people are arguing with one another and the other person's really not listening um and it's only one person just ranting over and over and over again where the other one's not being heard or every time they try and voice their opinion they get cut off um so as a lot of my friends know, and also you know, my biggest pet peeve in life is to be interrupted, right? I like the fact that, like, you know, even if we have differing views or uh, difference in opinion, I would appreciate it if people would just listen to me and just as much as I would listen to them. So that's why we kind of, like, picked the whole thing of shut up and listen, just because you really need to shut up and listen to someone when they speak, because you might learn something new. Or you might understand why it is they feel the way that they do, and it could better like help the conversation move forward. So many different points that you bring up, all of which I agree with. So one of the one of the questions as we're starting out here, particularly, is so we talked about how a lot of these things have been very derived from your personal experiences and how your biggest pet peeve is people interrupting you. Now I'm going to be the first one to admit, and as you know, that I've definitely have done that to you unintentionally so many times, right? From our youth into early adulthood and something I've been telling you, especially, or I've been trying to show you in the past couple of years is that I've been trying to listen to that and really trying to shut up and listen. And so the reason why I'm saying this right now is it's, it's a check-in, but also to like let people know, again, like this is that idea of that second rule of why, or the second reason why this podcast or live Instagram is a thing is so that we can have these intentional conversations with people because that's why we're doing it, right? Because otherwise we would have a phone call. Is 
Nigel, how am I doing with that as your brother? Am I doing better? Am I doing worse? And I know that you're going to be honest. So I don't even have to ask that, but please like, let me know. Like this is a check-in because if I'm not doing well, especially I want to start that. I want to kind of regroup it right now and get better at it and continue to get better at it and make adjustments where I can't, because it is a big pet peeve and I know it. And I've seen when it ties, which we'll talk about later, but how am I doing with listening to you from your perspective? I think it's a lot better than it was in the past. Um, I never really, I personally never thought that I had a problem specifically with you with like cutting me off. It was more of that we were just under a different understanding with each other in our conversation, which felt like I wasn't being heard, or maybe even you felt like you weren't being heard because you and I had such a difference in way of life and difference in opinion that even though, yeah, you know, you don't have that primary, um, verbal connection where it's like you're not literally cutting me off or anything it's more of that whenever you and i would talk sometimes we wouldn't understand one another nor would we hear each other out right so that's a different aspect of listening you have the one primary aspect of actually hearing someone out like physically hearing them and giving them space to speak and then there's the other part where the emotional part the uh the um mental part where you're not actually hearing what they have to say Right? You're not actually listening and interpreting their information um, and actually hearing their concern or hearing um, their information that they're giving. So, again, I think you're doing a lot better in terms of us understanding one another. Again, I've never had a problem with you cutting me off in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, I do know you get excited, but you apologize for it, so I won't get mad about it. So I think that's also important. As long as somebody apologizes and they acknowledge what they're doing, I'll be cool about it because I do it sometimes too. And I tell people like, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, um, or may I interrupt you? It's just like, I get it. People sometimes have a thought that they might lose. So just say, Hey, do you mind if I interrupt you? But I'm sorry if I do. And I'll be like, yeah, go ahead. Cause again, you might lose it. But with you, it's, it's getting a lot better. It is. Well, I'm glad. And so I'm obviously going to keep working on that because it's not even something for us, but it's, it affects everyone else. And so if I do it to one person, there's a chance I'm going to do it to another and to another. So it's a character thing. And so at some other point, I definitely want to talk about as well too. I think you and I are definitely getting a better understanding of each other and what it seems like you and I seem to be thinking very similarly in a lot of the things that we do. We just have a different way of expressing it. The more and more that we talk to each other, hang out with each other and all that, that's just my perspective that it seems that we're very much on the same page. We just have a different way of writing it. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad that I don't, you know, boil your, your blood (laughs) by interrupting you and you were like, Oh dude, what is this guy doing? So I know we kind of touched upon it a little bit, but Nigel, why, why do you think this topic is really important? Like why, why this topic? I know we talked a little bit about because it's you know personal experiences. Um, I see dads on here, so I'm really glad. Thanks for joining us, Dad. Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. So glad I'm really Dad. We're really glad that you're joining us. Um, don't ground us for anything that we do here. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> dude. Our whole family's on here now. It's Annie. <laughs> I love this. But Nigel, can you please dive a little bit deeper? If it's okay with you, why is this topic so important, man? So this topic, at least to me, and dad, I do apologize if this is a bit more information. 
Um, but I just feel like it needs to be said. Where, um, it bothers me the most because at least through our parents' relationship, whatever, I understand couples argue. Uh, that's, that's a given. Um, and a lot of people take their arguments a different way, right? So some people might yell at one another. Some people might talk to one another. But the one thing that dad was always good at is dad was always good at being very calm and level-headed. Yes, people, you know, express their emotions internally, but he was always good at, you know, being able to speak very calmly. And just like with seeing our parents' relationship, um, our mom in particular just never would let him speak, um, would always just cut him off and everything. And that bothered me a lot because as you know, like they're not together anymore. That was, that's part of the reason why their relationship doesn't exist. So it's important to me because even when I'm going throughout my relationship, especially with Nadia, um, you can even ask her, I'll let her speak for herself if she wants to add to this, but I always do my best to let her speak and feel heard because I kind of don't want to go through the same thing that mom and dad did. Like, I'm kind of afraid to go through that where if I don't let Nadia have her chance to speak or feel like she's being listened to emotionally, um, then what good is our relationship? Like, what good am I? I'm no better than our mother. Like, I, I don't, I don't mean to sound rude or anything, but I'm no better than the people who have arguments and don't listen to one another. So I'm trying to learn from other people's mistakes. I'm trying to learn from other people's relationships where I need to have not only in mine and Nadia's intimate relationship where I let her speak, it's also learning to let other people speak as well, because you might learn something. Um, and you also might feel and understand what they're going through. So what do you think about that? Do you, so let's, let's, let's let her answer. Do you think <laughs> I actually allow you? So do you actually think I allow you the opportunity to speak? Yes. Do you want anything to add to that? Do you want to correct me on anything? I caught a frog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I always feel like I'm very hurt and it's something that like, I like to make more effort on too. It's never something that I had to think about a lot it's never something that I was ever really conscious about like when Nigel and I were first friends I'd cut him off and that was like before I knew that he had a pet peeve about it and then like even after I knew I'd still I would still do it subconsciously not even realizing it but then I would apologize right after because I understood how much it bothered him but it's still like something that I have to like be conscious about and she also did in fact catch a frog I think I'll <laughs> name him Papa. Wait, wait where is it right here my hand where's the frog <laughs> yeah uh but back to the serious note yeah uh, so it's just learning from mom and dad's relationship and trying not to repeat the same thing because i saw how it put him through the ringer and how it affected us so i kind of just don't want that for my own relationships especially with my kids i as you know i love getting to write things down so I don't forget them as I'm listening as well too. And something that Angel that sticks out so much about that is again, as you and I keep having conversations, as you and I keep getting, just pulling out things, right? From our youth and just from where we are now, it's so much is so similar. This idea of that we learn from those before us. I think everyone should do that. Like everyone should pay attention to the people that come before you or the people who are before you in our context, our parents. A lot of how I communicate now with people, especially with trying not to interrupt them, 
or either manipulate or degrade or make someone feel inferior has a lot to do with what I saw as a child. Now that needs to be understood. And if that is missed, I'm saying it again, be very mindful how you speak to someone else period. And also when there's children present, because those kids are going to pick that up later on and they may not notice it now, but they'll notice it later because as you said, Nigel, a lot of how I communicated or communicate with people in general, especially my past relationships or anything like that, communication was never an issue. If that makes sense, it was never an issue. And so many problems are arise from communication relationships. Now, I should rephrase that in saying it wasn't the primary issue. There's obviously a lot of things I could have done better with communicating with giving and receiving, but it wasn't a priority that need to be worked on as I think a lot of relationships do. Now, as you were saying that, I remember so much and I hope dad is still on here because I learned so much from him, just the way he, he talks to people. Dad does three things, I'm gonna call them the three C's of communicating. He's calm, he's clear, and he's concise. Especially when it comes to someone having an opposing, opposing view or <laughs> if there's an argument, um, especially if he's having a conversation with his mini-me, with someone who's just like him, <laughs> you know? And it, even for us, right? Like I, I've had conversations with dad about it and you know how he and I have had um, maybe differences in opinion, but also you, you, the two of you or, or anyone else, but dad is very calm, clear, and concise. I would like to say that you and I are both very calm. I'm working on trying to be more clear and concise. That is what I'm working on so much because I'm very much, and as dad knows, I'm very much a, you're asking me a question, let me give you all the context. Where dad's like, just give me the answer. That's it. And the reason why I give context, especially is my professions, right? A lot of my profession between being a counselor and also being a teacher at times and a coach is there's times I got to provide context, but I also got to learn how to be clear and concise. I love the fact that also, Nigel, you're just trying to be a better person. I think that's huge. And I'm trying to do that as well. So I have another question for you. Nigel, what's it like for you to be interrupted? And to what effect does that have in that moment when someone interrupts you? And then also the after effect. So again, I'll say that again, just so you know, it's, it's a two-part question. And so it is, what is it like to be interrupted in that moment? And then the after effect later on. So at least in the moment, it's very infuriating. Um, it, it like downright pisses me off because I think it's, yeah, okay. So it, it annoys me right then and there. But once I hear what someone has, has to say or when I like see their um, like little minute characteristics through what they say and also like physically how they're displaying themselves, you can kind of have a good gauge on whether somebody meant to do it on purpose or whether someone meant to do it unintentionally. Um, and then also like you can kind of see the clock, like the gears kind of, you know, winding and unwinding in someone's head. Um, when they're just doing it just because they wanted to say something and they just feel like they're going to wind up losing their thought. Right. So initially it bothers me until I can figure out what it is 
um, that people are trying to do in terms of like interrupting. And then when I have people that are active and say, Hey, Nigel, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but then I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, go ahead. State your, uh, state your opinion about something or um, state a fact or something like that. So more times than not, it bothers me in the moment. Cause again, it's infuriating. I don't do, um, but until someone justifies why they did it, then I'm more understanding because again, at the end of the day, I feel like you should always be consciously listening to someone and actively listening to someone so that, you know, they know that they're being heard and they know that they're being understood. And if I'm willing to do that to somebody else and give them the opportunity to do so, well, then I think it's only right that somebody else gives me that opportunity and the right to do so because it should be like a mutual relationship. It's a mutual understanding how you guys converse with one another. Now, depending upon how that conversation goes and communicating with, if it's rude and intentional or unintentional, if it's rude, then the after effect kind of pisses me off. It doesn't ruin my day, nor does it make me take out my emotions on someone else. But it makes me think, like, why do you feel the need to just continuously interject? Like, why do you feel the need to continuously go through it over and over again? And then what I've done is, instead of just thinking about how the other person um, basically interacted in the conversation by interrupting, I also think about, well, how could I have avoided it? Um, what could I do in terms of my, uh, so that people know that when I'm done, when I'm finished talking, when I've made my point, um, when I'm continuously going through a thought, when I'm asking a rhetorical question, or even when I'm posing a question to have them think and give me an answer right away, or think and give me an answer within a few minutes, right? So I think the aftermath really depends on the conversation that I have with the person and how that goes for me to feel something after the conversation, whether it's negative or whether it's positive. So I know that one's not a direct answer, but I think it's wholeheartedly on how the conversation goes and how it ends for me to really say what's the after effect. So then let me add another piece to that. So let's say someone interrupts you as you're talking with them, and I'm sure this has happened, and it's maybe the, the first time it's happening. And then, you know, a week or two goes by, and then it happens again. And then another week or two by, and it happens again. Each time you're being interrupted, do you change the way you conversate with people? So if that if makes it sense. Continuously happens week after week. Yeah, it makes sense. If it continuously happens week after week after week, I think it's my job as a human being to at least let that person know that it frustrates me, um, that it bothers me, right? And if I don't voice my opinion on that or voice how I feel, then it's kind of my fault for getting upset at them because they don't know how it makes me feel. Yes, they can see my facial expression, but not everybody's really good at reading, you know, cues, physical, emotional, and social cues. So with that being said, um, I really try to look for that. And let's see, if it's continuous over and over again, and once I've already told someone how I felt, then it's just like, at that point, I just don't put up with it. Right? Like if I've told you that it bothers me, and I told you it's a pet peeve of mine, especially if I've told you the emotional intrinsic value that it holds on me mentally as to why it bothers me, I expect you to respect it. I expect you to respect it because I've told you openly and vulnerably why it bothers me. But if you continuously choose to do it, I do one of two things. 
I either interrupt you right away as you interrupt me to show you how it feels, right? And kind of correct your behavior in front of whoever it is at that point, but I'll probably do it more respectfully in front of people. Um, if it's just one-on-one, I'll kind of just tell you and be very direct about it. It's like, yo, I don't, I don't appreciate you cutting me off. Like, stop, cut it out. Um, or the second thing is, I just won't talk to you. I honestly just won't talk to you because at that point, you're completely disregarding what I have to say. You're not listening to how I feel about a certain situation, right? And if I feel like those two things are being jeopardized, then you know what? It's, there's no point. There's honestly no point. Um, if you don't mind, Aaron, I think we had a question. Is there a difference between an argument and a conversation between two people in a relationship? Um, if I can personally answer that, I think the way that it's structured um, between an argument and a conversation, the way you structure those two aspects, they're very one and the same. There's always somebody speaking. There's always a, like uh, somebody delivering a message, somebody receiving a message, people interpreting that message, and then people acting upon that or reacting upon that message, right? So in the way that they're structured and the way that someone is you know, physically listening to it, it's the same stimulus, in my opinion. Now, with the content that comes out of that conversation, it's very different. Because a lot of us, when we argue, turns out to be a lot of yelling or raising of a voice or speaking sternly um when it comes to a conversation it's something as simple like this right you hear the emotion in someone's voice you can see the facial expressions and everything but you know it's not something that you know you need to be fearful of because when you have an argument more ta- more times than not your fight or flight just gets enacted it's either you fight that person about what they're saying or you're very sheepish and non-confrontational for your own respectful reasons and you just don't answer, or you just kind of hold back and stay reserved throughout the conversation. So I think, again, like I said, in their structures, they're very the same, but in the content and the messages that are being delivered, they are very different because one causes you to either feel um, very relaxed and very conserved, uh, and the other one just triggers a fight or flight response. So at least to answer that question, that's my take. What about you, Aaron? What do you feel about that? My take on it is, for me, there's a difference between an argument and a conversation when it comes to relationship. An argument, and as ironic as we were talking about it, I saw Dad's comment of saying, absolutely, the key is ensuring it is a dual effort and not one way. I'm very similar in that regard. I'm just saying a different way. Where I believe an argument to an extent, pretty great extent actually, is where you see a large form of egocentrism present. What do I mean by that? When two people are arguing, they are strongly opinionated in their views or one person is really strongly opinionated in their view and not willing to shift. Like they're just like, no, it's this way or nothing else. And you can't tell me otherwise. I would also say with that, when there's that argument, to an extent, there's a slight piece of respect that is not present as if it were a conversation. So, for example, and Nigel, you and I had had this where we have a difference in opinion. I acknowledge your opinion, although I may not accept it and adopt it. Mm -hmm. So 
I will acknowledge it or accept it for what it is. And I'll like be empathetic and understanding of where you're coming from, but I may not do it. And that is okay. But as long as I, as long as, but it's not even just as long as I know I accept it, but as long as that, you know, that I accept it and I acknowledge what you're saying and I hear you when it comes to an argument that does not happen. That is not present, at least from my understanding. Someone is extremely opinionated. They don't want to see someone else's point of view. They're very one-sided, very egocentric. There's no, there's no shifting that. Whereas in a conversation, there could be a difference in opinion. And you can acknowledge it, accept it, but you don't have to adopt it. And there's times where when I think that happens, when that conversation flows, what I love about it is if I do have a difference of opinion with someone else, I want to know why it's different. I'm not asking why because I think you're stupid or I think you are incapable of understanding a concept, but it's just more of like, what is it in your mind that makes you think that is the answer? I just want to know that because maybe it helps open my mind to something else as well too. I think so often where it turns into an argument from a conversation is when people don't remove the emotional piece out of it. I think it's important to have emotion, but something that I'm learning as well too is that you gotta learn when to keep your emotion in check. And something that I love that dad taught us at a young age and something that continues to be still with me now is when there's, a, when there's something being done and there has to be a conversation, it's not about you to an extent. It's not, it's not, it's not, maybe it's not about the other person. Like for me, like in education, it's about the kids. Right, it's all about the kids. So I, I get what you're feeling and what you think, but what is best for these kids? Let's get to that. What is best for these kids? You gotta be able to remove that emotional piece to it. And I think too often people cannot detach. They don't know how to detach. And when you get to move to logical reasoning, I think people don't do that and they, they kind of really mix the two up and blend it way in a, in a not so good way. If that makes, if any of that made sense. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I agree with you, um, but may I also add a point, but are you finished or no? I would, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely dying. So yeah, go ahead, add a point to it. So I think it's, in my mind, it's kind of playing that whole devil's advocate game um, where you, you kind of test the strength of an argument from the other person. And again, it's not one like you were just saying to demean what someone is saying or just to say that, oh, well, if I'm asking you these questions, I think that you're dumb or something like that. It's more of like you're testing exactly how their opinion is and how they feel about it so that you can get some understanding from it and also come up with an answer, right? That's why I like to play the whole devil's advocate thing of testing someone else's argument to make sure, one, that they understand what they're saying as well. And also I understand and I'm interpreting exactly what they're trying to deliver uh, in that message. So I think that's that's a good part of it too, the whole devil's advocacy. I would even throw in there too, Nigel. And I want to know what you think and other people who are, you know, who are here, who are listening. I would say that another reason why I ask those questions on top of that, you know, that devil advocacy um, thing is people do not think for themselves. People do not think for themselves. And the reason why I love asking questions, period, is get to know, is that how you actually think and feel? 
or is it coming from someone else and you're just regurgitating it because you're because that's all you do you're just a bandwagon kind of thing right like you just follow along what everyone else is saying and i i say this in a way where i want to acknowledge people in their thoughts but is it actually your thought or are you just taking what someone else said twisting it up, spinning it, mixing it and regurgitating it or just regurgitating it. And you're not even thinking about changing it to fit your own narrative or your own, how you, how you talk. I don't, I hate that. I, it, it drives me up a wall because then I, then I'm more likely to feel like someone's incompetent. Yeah. Like I want to know why you think that was the right thing or the wrong thing, whatever it is. I just want to know your thought and where it's coming from. But if it's not your thought, then in my head, I'm like, well, then you're, you're just being influenced. Like you're just being, you're just following someone else's viewpoint. That's not even your viewpoint. Like you're, you're being controlled. You're being controlled by someone else. So that's just the, the one thing I want to add to that. I really want to add to that because I think that's so important. And that's not saying everyone can, but a large group of people cannot think for themselves we need to start learning how to think for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I love what Winston just put down here is people want things done for them without telling anyone what they want. Dude. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you know, I always said, I always have a bunch of questions. Do you have any questions at all? Um, you see, Do you think, just because I, interestingly enough, um, had an experience with this whole shut up and listen thing, um, do you think there's any advice that you'd want to give me in terms of like listening to people or if there's anything that I do wrong from our conversations? Because I had a little bit of an experience with a person um, where they continuously told me that they felt like they weren't being listened to that I was speaking down to them and everything like that. Um, and I kind of questioned it because through our exchange of words, it was an argument where they were, yell they were not yelling, but they were definitely raising their voice at me, but they were also cursing me off in public, right? Just cursing at me in public. And I was speaking to them just like this, right? And I think a very important point that was brought up to me is that the other person, so now you have person A, right, who is yelling at me, Nigel. I'm the one taking it and listening to it, but I'm also speaking to them calmly and voicing my opinion. Then you have person C who's just watching, right? And person C winds up telling me, well, Nigel, I don't think you were condescending or speaking down to the person because you were talking calm. You weren't yelling at them. You, won't, you weren't making them feel bad in front of other people. You were basically telling them how you felt, right? And they should respect it, right? And the only reason why person A might think that you're speaking down to them is because your tone of voice is down here, right? Where their tone of voice was way up here. And maybe that's why they feel like, you know, you're speaking down to them because you're collective and they're not. So I had that experience and I want to know, again, it's not disclosing who it was, the person or whom it came from, but I want to know from your opinion, how would you handle a situation like that? If somebody was openly arguing with you, right? 
basically cursing you off not basically but cursing you off in front of people where anybody can hear because we are outside um and then you're the person who is speaking very collectively and expressing how you feel but yet they go and argue with you afterwards and say oh well you were speaking down to me i always feel like you're talking to me condescendingly <laughs> i don't know if you caught me smiling and smirking as you were saying that yeah <laughs> nigel first off i'm glad you can you can control your temperament first and foremost i'm glad you can control your temperament and your emotion if you can control your temperament and and emotion as you're conversating with someone while they're yelling and screaming at you you're in control of yourself they're not their inferiority is not your fault now i say that to an extent depending on what you said prior to that but if you're the one who's staying calm, cool, and collected as someone is screaming and yelling at you, actually, the one thing they're, they're saying that you're doing is actually what they're doing and you're not. I personally believe if someone is yelling or screaming at someone, unless it's a safety thing where it's like, hey, don't do that because you're going to go, you're going to go do this. Like you're going to go do something that might get you hurt literally or like, you know, harmed. To an extent, I would say yelling is okay then because you're really trying to stop that because that person doesn't see the uh, immediate danger. That's the only time I think yelling is ever okay. And if you're trying to get someone's attention and you're in a concert, right? So <laughs> once you start yelling in a conversation, once you allow your emotions and your temperament to get out of your own control, I would point out once you start yelling and screaming, you're actually the person who's treating someone else as inferior because by yelling and screaming, your voice is coming up and it's going back. You're trying to target it at someone. Whereas if you're just controlling yourself and your temperament and your emotion, that's not a sign of inferiority that like you're trying to put someone as an inferior. It just means that you're more control. I would, I would also point out that that person, as I'm learning myself, who you are and what you're doing is just rattling their demons, their, their inability to communicate or to have a conversation, right? They're having an argument, not a conversation. Their inability to have a conversation while you're staying cool and calm irritates them because they want you to be irritated and projecting all this emotion and this control, you know, not control this emotion yeah. and temperament. So I, Again, I don't have the context of what happened beforehand, but with that, what you were saying, no, it is not your fault at all, at all. That is completely on them. It's their inability to control their emotions and temperament. Now, depending on the situation, right, that's going to go in different places, what you did or what they're thinking of. But for that context, no, that's not, that's not on you. That's on their inability to control themselves. So, so. No, I was gonna. I was gonna talk about what I think you can do in conversations. But was there something else you're gonna add to that? Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, um, go for it. I think the other thing is too. Like, even though you just gave all this information, let me add another part to it. Okay, just because I wanted to see what you thought about just that instance. Now, prior to our to our argument, I guess you could say, um, what I did was I kind of invoked that aggressive behavior i will admit i invoked that aggressive behavior by um bringing person a's attention to something that was going on but i said it sarcastically like oh 
Are you going to go take care of that? That's what I basically said, right? It was sarcastic. And the thing is, even though that wasn't the right way to address a person, even though they said hello to me and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth without saying hello back. And it was, I guess it, it could be interpreted with an attitude as well. Um, the other thing was throughout our argument, uh, I apologized for it. I said, hey, I'm sorry that I did this. Like, listen, I apologize for it. But throughout the entire conversation, I was still um, being spoken to loudly and also being cursed at, too. Yeah. And the other thing that I found that was interesting was they did not, did not acknowledge their behavior throughout the entire conversation, nor did they not apologize for cursing at or for raising their voice, right? So even though I apologize for the way that I addressed them to begin with, they did not apologize for anything, nor have they apologized for anything beforehand, right? And I've made them very well, very aware about how interrupting in a conversation goes. And they also interrupted me during that conversation. And I told them, no, 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 stop, stop. Don't interrupt me. Like, you know, I don't appreciate that. So don't interrupt me. And I interrupted them. So they knew how it felt. And all I got was an eye roll as I was proving my point. Right. So there's those components. Would you still give the same advice, even though I was in part, I will admit, if it's out of 100% of the argument, I was at fault for about 20% of it because I addressed them the wrong way and I did invoke that outrage, right? But I think everything that was carried on thereafter could have been handled better. My point would be then, why couldn't that person A, why couldn't they in that moment try to control themselves to get to a point where they can have that conversation with you and say, Hey, Nigel, what you did, I actually don't like what you, how you said something. Can you please be mindful of how you speak to me? And honestly, that's easy. That's way easier said than done for sure. Mm -hmm. But that, again, I go back to this piece of that same advice of control of your emotion and temperament. Because if you're starting to curse at someone and you're starting to scream at someone, you're you're out of control you're you're out of your own control and so how do you how do you do that in a moment it's tough i think it's really important for people to start learning how to do that in small instances so they can get to like larger ones as well too but they have to i it, even if it was your fault beforehand and you're the one who caused it it's still in that moment how can they control themselves and it seems like that person had an inability to control their temperament or emotion to, okay. to have a conversation with you. Now, again, that's not justifying how you said something, but it's how they are reacting. Because mm -hmm. then, I mean, we've had it too in certain times, I'm sure, when we're talking and either one of us, as we're speaking calmly, or if we're in difference of opinion or if we don't like something, we go, hey, yeah, that's not okay. But you're able to control yourself. Any moment someone starts yelling and cursing, again, I have I, I say it over and over and over again because it's so important. That person has lost control of their of themselves, and they have they have allowed their emotions to, to take over. The fact that you're able to apologize is awesome, and whether or not that person apologizes in that moment, at some point I hope they do, because it shows that they're taking a step in acknowledging. They're just being self-aware that, shoot, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have handled it that way. 
because no one should be handled that. No one should ever be have an interaction that way where someone's screaming and cursing at them. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, I just wanted to know because I had that problem where it was with a person that I've expressed to them before that I don't appreciate being cut off and they still continuously do it. And they don't just do it to me. They do it to a lot of people, but they continuously hold over my head. Oh, Nigel, you speak very condescendingly to me. And I don't think I do anymore because I spent an entire semester, an entire three to four months actively working on it with people. And I asked them from the beginning of the semester, what are some of my flaws and weaknesses that I can improve on? A few people told me that. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you for letting me know. And then towards the end of the semester, they said, wow, Nigel, you actually did a really good job with it, right? I don't feel like I'm being spoken at or spoken down to. I feel like we're at the same level. I'm like, awesome, cool. So I know I've actively worked on it and I still do to this day, right? It's not something that I just forget just because it was yeah. like I was testing it out just for a semester. Um, but they continuously hold over my head, right? Saying that, oh, you always talk down to me. I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. If you want me to, I will. If you want me to treat you that way, I will because you're not respecting the fact that I'm trying to have a conversation with you while you're arguing with me, one. Two, you're cutting me off in the middle of a conversation, so you obviously don't care what I have to say, right? And you're also showing me the physical uncomfortability and the, also the physical um, expressions saying that you don't care by rolling your eyes at me, by raising your tone of voice, and by continuously bringing this over and over again. So I just wanted to make sure that like, if there was something I was doing, because I do admit to starting the conversation very poorly, very poorly because I was speaking to them sarcastically over something that was happening. And, but just the, the rest of the way the conversation went and was just being addressed in my opinion was extremely poor. Um, and now that person and I don't even talk anymore. I gave them the opportunity to speak and to have a discussion, uh, in person because they thought that it would be more beneficial to text me how they felt afterwards. Um, and I said, if you want to continue this conversation, we can have it in person. If not, then I guess we're done. Right. And they're just like, well, why should I have a conversation with you in person? If I just feel like you're being, if you're speaking down to me, I'm like, I don't do that anymore. One. Secondly, I'm giving you the opportunity to talk in person. You declining it is solely your option to not have that conversation. Right. So by you declining it, you're telling me that it, you, you don't care about it anymore. It doesn't matter to you. You can just move on with your life without fixing this problem that we are actively having in our relationship. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. So now I just don't talk to the person anymore. I just don't help them. And they're annoyed with me and they're pissed off with me. They're expressing it to friends and everything that I'm a jerk or I'm an asshole and I'm doing something very wrong. And it's just like, okay, listen, you can continuously do that. Right. You can continuously badmouth me, but I'm not not once am I telling this saying throughout this entire thing. At least I don't think so, that this person's a horrible person, that they just don't listen. Right. That I hate them or anything like that. It's like, no, I'm trying to speak in a very open sense that I admit to what I did was wrong, but also holding them accountable and not saying that they're a horrible person, because I feel like, you know, things can get better. Right but I'm not just going to go and badmouth them because I had a bad experience with them. That's, that's completely poor. That's not what you do, right? That's extremely, uh, let's say fifth grade, maybe. So I just don't badmouth them. 
you were mentioning earlier, Nigel, this piece about when it comes to this topic of shut up and listen, more so about from you, like what, how you can, your, what my advice or points would be to you. And as, as we're talking, it's so interesting that I feel like, and a lot of things that we do, Nigel, I feel like if you and I were mixed together as a, and, and we were created as a hybrid, you know, you would have a better athlete, you would have a better communicator, right? You would have a better, just overall, overall around person. You know, if we were, if you made a hybrid, which I think is so, such a beautiful thing because we're going to keep learning from each other, right? And how we can keep doing that. Um, but that's my perception and my perspective because there's so much I can learn from you. Um, hopefully you feel the same way too. So with this idea of what I think you can do, I think the first thing I would have given you is ask what can you do? And so you're already doing that and you have, and I just want to make sure that people know that that's, that's the only reason why I'm saying that point is that if you feel like there's an issue, ask someone, is there an issue? Like acknowledge that, that there might be an issue. And if there is to let them know, so you, you can hear and confirm it. So you're not left to assuming that there isn't an issue or there is. So it's good to have that confirmation again, but also it's very subjective and relative because just because you haven't, you don't have an issue with one person doesn't mean you don't have one with another. So just check every so often. Anyways, for you, I, I, I've said this to you several times and I'm going to keep saying it to you. I really hope you never lose your honesty and that I piece of telling people things are as they are at the same token as well too, as I said to you before, something that I would keep stressing is thinking about your delivery of how you said, because even then in that text message, as you said to the person, well, again, from what you said that, well, if you don't, if you don't want to talk, that's on, that's, that's on you. Now, granted, that is true. If they don't want to talk to you, that is on them. But saying that can just only make things even more for them, for that person already feeling infuriated, that's going to make them feeling more infuriated. Okay. You know, and that's going to make them feel even more upset, even though it's true that it is up to them. It is their, it is their choice in how they respond by saying that can make someone feel even more infuriated. So I would say just keep working on the, the delivery of how you're saying things. I would also say that as you're talking to people, you're already doing it as far as asking what you can do, as I said before, but let me sit on that. I had it and then it went. The something that I wrote down, Nigel, I, with that whole situation, and the reason why I'm saying it is that other people can hear it as well too. People have an issue with an inability to accept responsibility. I'll say that again. People have an issue with an inability to accept responsibility shorter version of that they have a lack of accountability uh -huh. so if we can all do that when it comes to conversating with people and this idea of like shutting up and listening it'll be so much better if you could, if you can keep acknowledging that hey i probably am at fault or i have a piece of fault in this as well too that's acknowledging your accountability it's also an invitation to be like hey can you acknowledge yours too but when someone doesn't acknowledge their peace, if there is one, there's that conversation's going to get even worse and it's going to turn into an argument and nothing good ever comes from an argument. I'm trying to think for you, besides the delivery, that's a really good question. 
I would say that as you're also, again, talking to people, being mindful of where they might be, with like where they might be. So if you know that someone's infuriated and ups or just upset and angry, just maybe putting the option out there, like, listen, we might not be in that right headspace to have this conversation. Let's just talk later. Like putting it at that. If it gets to that point where so, where someone's blood is literally boiling, being able to go, uh-huh. you know what? We're both not in the right space to have this conversation. It's not going to go anywhere well. Let's just let's just wait till we cool down. Let's just give it a, like give it a couple hours or a couple of days. Okay. What, are, what are your thoughts are on that? Um, I would think that's a very good way of going about it. Um, the only thing that's like part of the problem with doing that, and again, this is just like a case by case basis. If you personally know that whether you address it now in the moment or you address it later, that the outcomes are still going to be the same with the, you know, the same inconsistency to listen, the same inconsistency to acknowledge and hold yourself accountable, like hold that person accountable, I should say. And yeah, also hold yourself accountable too. It's kind of hard to address the situation later because it's going to have the same result, right? As if you address it now versus later and they're still not going to listen not so that's the hard part although it is a good way it's a very proactive way of going about your conversation telling someone like hey listen we're 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 arguing right now we understand that let's talk about it at a different time i mean that's a very good way of going about it it's just sometimes with some people pushing it off to later is not going to do you any better than taking care of it right then and there and also taking care of it right then and there is not going to do you any better than taking care of it later it's not there's some people out there that No matter what time of day it is, they will always have this undesirable, like, pinching of a nerve. Um, I've had an instance with a specific person where no matter how I address the topic, no matter what time of day it is, they just always have this. And it's really, really odd. And I've had this with people, too, but I've acknowledged it and I've kind of gotten over it where you ever just get into a conversation with someone and you know whether it's you or that person, I guess we could just take it from my perspective. You ever get into a conversation with a person and you think no matter what it is they say, what it is they do, they just annoy you. They just completely annoy you. So with that being said, I don't have this towards person A, like I was saying, person A has this towards me. No matter what it is I do, it is always annoying them. It's always bothering them. And even when I don't acknowledge Right. When I don't acknowledge in the sense of them bragging to me or saying, hey, Nigel, I did so and so I did this, this and this. When I don't acknowledge it, even then they get pissed off. And the reason why I don't acknowledge it is because, one, I don't want to. Secondly, I know it's just going to wind up getting into an argument (laughs) like it does every time. Right. And when I don't validate what the person's saying. And whether I do validate what the person's saying and give my own personal opinion to it, right? It's a double-edged sword. I'm always getting screwed, right? So at that point, it's like, I'm not going to have the conversation with the person. I'm not. They always get annoyed. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No, just add your opinion afterwards, and then I'm going to have to go. I have 5%. Yeah, so it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Double-edged sword. I think that's so important to acknowledge. So, Nigel, as we're signing off here, right, I really appreciate you, man, having this conversation Thank you for taking the moment and the space and the time. 
as people are still on here or people will see this later on. Hopefully that they, by <laughs> hi Nadia, hopefully that people join us. Nigel. Yeah, hopefully people um, start having these conversations with their significant others or their, you know, their partners or sorry, their friends, their family. Um, it, those things are super important, man. They they really have to be had, and even strangers as well too. But also, hopefully, people continue to follow what you're doing. Look at this guy's exercise content; it is incredible. Seven and I were just talking about how jacked up you are, which is super cool. But also, folks, keep joining in these conversations that I'm having with people. If you ever want to be featured on this kind of platform and join the podcast later on, that'd be super cool. I hope that we get to, and I would really like that. But Nigel, just again, thank you for your time, man. And um, always a pleasure. I love you a lot. No problem, man. Thanks for allowing me to speak and be here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I love you, too. Thank you for choosing to listen to Life Chatter. If you liked today's episode and previous ones and have an inkling to be featured on my show, it would be awesome to have you. Simply go on Instagram, follow me at airfully7.com, and send me a message. I'm open to a conversation with any and everyone. If you want more of a push to do things that challenge you every day, go follow my daily weekly challenge Instagram at feliz.daily.challenge. Please continue to share life chatter to your friends and family. Until next time, ciao.